You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George, and I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking this month about praying in the Spirit. I've got a new text verse for this week, and it's found in John's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 38, where Jesus said, He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out from his innermost being, springs and rivers of living water shall flow. Now, Jesus gave two prophetic words in John's gospel that had to do with living water. And the first of those came from the gospel of John chapter 4. And it's where Jesus went through Samaria and he sat at the well of Sychar. And uh, he uh, uh, encountered a Samaritan woman and he asked her for a drink. She was shocked that uh, he would consider taking a drink from one of her vessels because Jews and Samaritans had no dealings with each other at all. So Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Uh, I skipped down to verse 13 and he answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So he likens this water to a well. And uh, a well is personal. Uh, You can own a well. You you could have uh, exclusive rights to a well. So this has to do with personal salvation. This is God's Holy Spirit working in you for your personal salvation. And that's uh, the idea behind this in John chapter 10. Uh, this clearly symbolizes uh, being born again, which happens with the living water, or the eternal life. Now the second word comes about just a few chapters later on a day called Simhat Torah, the rejoicing of the Torah. And it's the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And here is Jesus saying this on uh, uh, John 7, 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, this second word has to do with the rivers of living water. And Jesus said the rivers of living water would flow out from your New King James Bible says heart. Uh, The King James Bible says belly. Uh, The Greek word is koalia, and it it means a hollow, and it's most frequently used to describe the womb. And it metaphorically stands for the innermost part 
of man. And so Jesus said, this experience of the Holy Spirit is going to be like rivers flowing from the middle of your being, coming out of your deepest being, and they're flowing, uh, fl uh, f you know, uh, uh, without uh, restriction. It's not like a well. A well, the water source, the spring that feeds a well is almost imperceptible, but not so with rivers. The water that flows with rivers is not imperceptible. It's very perceptible. You can see the current. You can tell there's a huge volume here. So this is the idea that is being given here. Now, when Jesus is, is talking about this, he's hearkening back to something in the Old Testament. I, I want to read to you from the book of Colossians. This is so very important. Uh, it's an idea that will help you in your Bible study. And uh, when I discovered this principle, it changed the way I studied Scripture because I found out that every single gift of God in the New Testament, every major doctrine in the New Testament is pictured metaphorically in the Old Testament in some form or another. So here is our Scripture for that. Colossians 2.16, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. In other words, all of the dietary laws, the kosher laws, all of those things, the, 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 the celebrations, the weekly festivals, the weekly Sabbath, all of that, the Apostle Paul says here, they're shadows, they're pictures of things to come. The substance is what we have in Christ, but those things foreshadowed what would be coming. And uh, we see this all through the Scriptures. Listen to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 24. The Apostle Paul is talking about the difference between the two covenants, the covenant in the Old Testament under the law and the covenant in the New Age, in the New Covenant era. Uh, he says these things are symbolic, Galatians 4, 24. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the bondwoman, Hagar, and the free woman and wife of Abraham, Sarah. One of them represents the new covenant. The other one represents the old covenant, and they are symbolic. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. Now all these things happened to them, them being the children of Israel, as examples. They were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So all of those things that are written in the Old Testament are given to us as metaphors or pictures of something real and substantial in this new covenant age. So you and I won't fight literal giants, but we will have faith battles against things that are bigger than we are. And that's when we can learn from the story of David and Goliath and how he defeated that enemy. So that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to get across here. We can learn from the Old Testament by uh, applying the different metaphors to what it is that we are dealing with. Well, Jesus said there are rivers of living water that are going to flow from within you. When I, I, I was studying that one time and, and thinking about that, I thought, okay, God, uh, where 
are these rivers and how many are there? Uh, is there an indiscriminate number of rivers? Are, are, are there three? Are there seven? Those are numbers that are uh, often associated with the Holy Spirit. How many rivers are there? And I said, where would I go in the Old Testament to see something about the various different rivers? And the minute that I asked that question, see the Bible says that one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is He teaches us. And uh, Jesus said, I will give you another comforter, a co someone like me that you can ask questions. And he answers. And he pointed me back to Genesis chapter 2. And I thought, wow, in Genesis chapter 2 there are some rivers. So let's go back and let's look at it. So I'm going to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to take a look at the Garden of Eden and uh, the rivers of Genesis. There's a lot we can learn there. Genesis 2 and verse 10, Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah where there's gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hedekel. This is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Now we've got four rivers that are listed here in Genesis. So how in the world could these four rivers be pictures of the rivers of living water that flow in us? Well, they are. And uh, Jesus uh, was actually making a connection not just to those rivers, but also to what happened on that day during temple times. On the very day that Jesus said those words, the temple was still standing, and there was a spring that fed a pool, and the pool was in the lowest part of the city of Jerusalem. It's the pool of Siloam. The word Siloam means, in Aramaic, sent, like to be sent out. And it was filled with water from the Gihon Spring. The Gihon Spring originated directly beneath the Holy of Holies in the Temple Mount. That's where the water came from. Consequently, the Gihon Spring's water was considered to be living water because it came from the very place where God had chosen to put His presence on planet Earth. Now on that festival day, they would go down to the Pool of Siloam they would fill pitchers with water and begin to make the lengthy climb up the steps back into uh, the Temple Mount. As they did that, they would pause periodically and pour out a little bit of that water and lift their hands and voices and they would rejoice. And it was a, a very, very, uh, uh, very joyous occasion. Great celebration here. And they're pouring out this living water and rejoicing along the way. Now, here's what I would say. When we are first sent by the Holy Spirit, don't be surprised if we don't start at the bottom. That's how it always works. We are sent from the lowest point, but it goes up and we advance as we climb in our mission. And what we have to learn to do is to rejoice in our steps. Our steps are important. You don't get to the end at the very beginning. You have to take steps to get there. So in the very beginning, you start a church and you only have 10 guests on a Sunday when you wanted to have 50. It's okay. It's a step. It's how God leads you. We build everything in steps. 
And so finally you get to the top, but it's after a long, steady climb, and you've realized all of the great things that God has for you. Well, it all started at the very bottom, out of where you were sent when you were filled and empowered with living water. And Jesus took occasion on that day when that ceremony was observed one time a year, eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. One time a year they observed that ceremony like that. And that is the day and the occasion Jesus took to say, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. In other words, he said, you're going to be like the temple mount. God's going to put his presence not just in a temple, but in you. And out of you will flow these rivers of living water. And we have pictures of those rivers in the book of Genesis chapter 2. What do the names of those rivers mean? We'll find out more tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening. Oh,